Section 10 of The Chorus Girl and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Chorus Girl and Other Stories by Anton Chekhov. Translated by Constance Garnett. Section 10. A Father. I admit I have had a drop. You must excuse me. I went into a beer shop on the way here, and it was so hot I had a couple of bottles. It's hot, my boy. Old Musatov took a nondescript rag out of his pocket and wiped his shaven, battered face with it. I have come only for a minute, Borenka, my angel, he went on, not looking at his son, about something very important. Excuse me, perhaps I am hindering you. "'Haven't you ten roubles, my dear, you could let me have till Tuesday? "'You see, I ought to have paid for my lodging yesterday. "'And money, you see. "'None? Not to save my life?' "'Young Musatov went out without a word "'and began whispering the other side of the door "'with the landlady of the summer villa and his colleagues "'who had taken the villa with him. Three minutes later he came back "'and without a word gave his father a ten-rouble note.' The latter thrust it carelessly into his pocket, without looking at it, and said, Merci. Well, how are you getting on? It's a long time since we met. Yes, a long time, not since Easter. Half a dozen times I have been meaning to come to you, but I've never had time. First one thing, then another. It's simply awful. I am talking nonsense, so. All that's nonsense. Don't you believe me, Borenka? I said I will pay you back the ten roubles on Tuesday. Don't believe that, either. Don't believe a word I say. I have nothing to do at all. It's simply laziness, drunkenness, and I am ashamed to be seen in such clothes on the street. You must excuse me, Borenka. Here I have sent the girl to you three times for money and written you piteous letters. Thanks for the money, but don't believe the letters. I was telling fibs. I am ashamed to rob you, my angel. I know that you can scarcely make both ends meet yourself and feed on locusts, but my impudence is too much for me. I am such a specimen of impudence, fit for a show. You must excuse me, Borenka. I tell you the truth because I can't see your angel face without emotion. A minute passed in silence. The old man heaved a deep sigh and said, you might treat me to a glass of beer, perhaps. His son went out without a word, and again there was a sound of whispering the other side of the door. When a little later the beer was brought in, the old man seemed to revive at the sight of the bottles, and abruptly changed his tone. I was at the races the other day, my boy, he began telling him, assuming a scared expression. We were a party of three, and we pulled three roubles on Frisky. And thanks to that frisky, we got thirty-two roubles each for our rouble. I can't get on without the races, my boy. It's a gentlemanly diversion. My virago always gives me a dressing over the races, but I go. I love it, and that's all about it. Boris, a fair-haired young man with a melancholy, immobile face, was walking slowly up and down, listening in silence. When the old man stopped to clear his throat, he went up to him and said, "'I bought myself a pair of boots the other day, father, which turned out to be too tight for me. Won't you take them? I'll let you have them cheap.' 
if you like said the old man with a grimace only for the price you gave for them without any cheapening very well i'll let you have them on credit the son groped under the bed and produced the new boots the father took off his clumsy rusty evidently second-hand boots and began trying on the new ones a perfect fit he said right let me keep them and on tuesday when i get my pension i'll send you the money for them that's not true though he went on suddenly falling into the same tearful tone again and it was a lie about the races too and a lie about the pension and you are deceiving me borenka i feel your generous tactfulness i see through you your boots were too small because your heart is too big ah borenka borenka i understand it all and feel it have you moved into new lodgings his son interrupted to change the conversation yes my boy i move every month my virago can't stay long in the same place with her temper i went to your lodgings i meant to ask you to stay here with me in your state of health it would do you good to be in the fresh air no said the old man with a wave of his hand the woman wouldn't let me and i shouldn't care to myself a hundred times you have tried to drag me out of the pit and i have tried myself but nothing came of it give it up i must stick to my filthy hole this minute here i am sitting looking at your angel face yet something is drawing me home to my hole such is my fate you can't draw a dung beetle to a rose but it's time i was going my boy it's getting dark wait a minute then i'll come with you i have to go to town to-day myself both put on their overcoats and went out when a little while afterwards they were driving in a cab it was already dark and lights began to gleam in the windows i've robbed you borenka his father muttered poor children poor children it must be a dreadful trouble to have such a father borenka my angel i cannot lie when i see your face you must excuse me what my depravity has come to my god here i have just been robbing you and put you to shame with my drunken state i am robbing your brothers too and put them to shame and you should have seen me yesterday i won't conceal it borenka some neighbours a wretched crew came to see my virago i got drunk too with them and i blackguarded you poor children for all i was worth i abused you and complained that you had abandoned me i wanted you see to touch the drunken hussy's hearts and pose as an unhappy father it's my way you know when i want to screen my vices i throw all the blame on my innocent children i can't tell lies and hide things from you borenka i came to see you as proud as a peacock but when i saw your gentleness and kind heart my tongue clave to the roof of my mouth and it upset my conscience completely hush father let's talk of something else mother of god what children i have the old man went on not heeding his son what wealth god has bestowed on me such children ought not to have had such a black sheep like me for a father but a real man with soul and feeling i am not worthy of you the old man took off his cap with a button at the top and crossed himself several times thanks be to thee o lord he said with a sigh looking from side to side as though seeking for an icon remarkable exceptional children i have three sons and they are all like one sober steady hard-working 
and what brains cabman what brains grigory alone has brains enough for ten he speaks french he speaks german and talks better than any of your lawyers one is never tired of listening my children my children i can't believe that you are mine i can't believe it you are a martyr my borenka i am ruining you and i shall go on ruining you you give to me endlessly though you know your money is thrown away the other day i sent you a pitiful letter i described how ill i was but you know i was lying i wanted the money for rum and you give to me because you are afraid to wound me by refusing i know all that and feel it grisha's a martyr too on thursday i went to his office drunk filthy ragged reeking of vodka like a cellar i went straight up such a figure i pestered him with a nasty talk while his colleagues and superiors and petitioners were standing round i have disgraced him for life and he wasn't the least confused only turned a bit pale but smiled and came up to me as though there were nothing the matter even introduced me to his colleagues then he took me all the way home and not a word of reproach i robbed him worse than you take your brother sasha now he's a martyr too he married as you know a colonel's daughter of an aristocratic circle and got a dowry with her you would think he would have nothing to do with me no brother after his wedding he came with his young wife and paid me the first visit in my hole upon my soul the old man gave a sob and then began laughing and at that moment as luck would have it we were eating grated radish with kvass and frying fish and there was a stink enough in the flat to make the devil sick i was lying down i'd had a drop my virago bounced out at the young people with her face crimson it was a disgrace in fact but sasha rose superior to it all yes our sasha is a good fellow said boris the most splendid fellow you are all pure gold you and grisha and sasha and sonia i worry you torment you disgrace you rob you and all my life i have not heard one word of reproach from you you have never given me one cross look it would be all very well if i had been a decent father to you but as it is you have had nothing from me but harm i am a bad dissipated man now thank god i am quieter and i have no strength of will but in old days when you were little i had determination will whatever i said or did i always thought it was right sometimes i come home from the club at night drunk and ill-humoured and scold at your poor mother for spending money the whole night i will be railing at her and think it the right thing to do you would get up in the morning and go to school while i'd still be venting my temper upon her heavens i did torture her poor martyr when you came back from school and i was asleep you didn't dare to have dinner till i got up at dinner again there would be a flare-up i dare say you remember i wish no one such a father god sent me to you for a trial yes for a trial hold out children to the end honour thy father and thy days shall be long perhaps for your noble conduct god will grant you long life cabman stop the old man jumped out of the cab and ran into a tavern half an hour later he came back 
cleared his throat in a drunken way and sat down beside his son where's sonia now he asked still at boarding school no she left in may and is living now with sasha's mother-in-law there said the old man in surprise she is a jolly good girl so she is following her brother's example ah borenka she has no mother no one to rejoice over her i say borenka does she does she know how i am living eh boris made no answer five minutes passed in profound silence the old man gave a sob wiped his face with a rag and said i love her borenka she is my only daughter you know and in one's old age there is no comfort like a daughter could i see her borenka of course when you like really and she won't mind of course not she has been trying to find you so as to see you upon my soul what children cabman eh arrange it borenka darling she is a young lady now delicatesse consomme and all the rest of it in a refined way and i don't want to show myself to her in such an abject state i'll tell you how we'll contrive to work it for three days i will keep away from spirits to get my filthy drunken fizz into better order then i'll come to you and you shall lend me for the time some suit of yours i'll shave and have my hair cut then you go and bring her to your flat will you very well cabman stop the old man sprang out of the cab again and ran into a tavern while boris was driving with him to his lodging he jumped out twice again while his son sat silent and waited patiently for him when after dismissing the cab they made their way across a long filthy yard into the virago's lodging the old man put on an utterly shamefaced and guilty air and began timidly clearing his throat and clicking with his lips borenka he said in an ingratiating voice if my virago begins saying anything don't take any notice and behave to her you know affably she is ignorant and impudent but she's a good baggage there is a good warm heart beating in her bosom the long yard ended and boris found himself in a dark entry the swing door creaked there was a smell of cooking and a smoking samovar there was a sound of harsh voices passing through the passage into the kitchen boris could see nothing but thick smoke a line with washing on it and the chimney of the samovar through a crack of which golden sparks were dropping and here is my cell said the old man stooping down and going into a little room with a low-pitched ceiling and an atmosphere unbearably stifling from the proximity of the kitchen here three women were sitting at the table regaling themselves seeing the visitors they exchanged glances and left off eating well did you get it one of them apparently the virago herself asked abruptly yes yes muttered the old man well boris pray sit down everything is plain here young man we live in a simple way he bustled about in an aimless way he felt ashamed before his son and at the same time apparently he wanted to keep up before the women his dignity as cock of the walk and as a forsaken unhappy father yes young man we live simply with no nonsense he went on muttering we are simple people young man we are not like you we don't want to keep up a show before people no shall we have a drink of vodka one of the women she was ashamed to drink before a stranger 
heaved a sigh and said, "'Well, I'll have another drink on account of the mushrooms. "'They are such mushrooms. "'They make you drink even if you don't want to.' "'Ivan Gerasimich, offer the young gentleman. "'Perhaps he will have a drink.' "'The last word she pronounced in a mincing drawl. "'Have a drink, young man,' said the father, "'not looking at his son. "'We have no wine or liqueurs, my boy. "'We live in a plain way.' "'He doesn't like our ways,' sighed the virago. "'Never mind, never mind. "'He'll have a drink.' "'Not to offend his father by refusing, "'Boris took a wine-glass and drank in silence.' When they brought in the samovar to satisfy the old man, he drank two cups of disgusting tea in silence, with a melancholy face. Without a word, he listened to the virago dropping hints about their being in this world cruel, heartless children who abandon their parents. "'I know what you are thinking now,' said the old man, after drinking more, and passing into his habitual state of drunken excitement. "'You think I have let myself sink into the mire,' that I am to be pitied. But to my thinking, this simple life is much more normal than your life. I don't need anybody, and... and I don't intend to eat humble pie. I can't endure a wretched boy's looking at me with compassion. After tea, he cleaned a herring and sprinkled it with onion, with such feeling that tears of emotion stood in his eyes. He began talking again about the races and his winnings, about some Panama hat for which he had paid sixteen roubles the day before. He told lies with the same relish with which he ate herring and drank. His son sat on in silence for an hour and began to say good-bye. "'I don't venture to keep you,' the old man said haughtily. "'You must excuse me, young man, for not living as you would like.' He ruffled up his feathers, snorted with dignity, and winked at the women. "'Good-bye, young man,' he said, seeing his son into the entry. "'Attendez!' In the entry, where it was dark, he suddenly pressed his face against the young man's sleeve and gave a sob. "'I should like to have a look at Sonichka,' he whispered. "'Arrange it, Borenka, my angel. I'll shave. I'll put on your suit. I'll put on a straight face. I'll hold my tongue while she is there. Yes, yes, I will hold my tongue.' He looked round timidly towards the door, through which the women's voices were heard, checked his sobs, and said aloud, "'Good-bye, young man. Attendez!' End of section 10